This week's episode of Be Right is sponsored by William Hill. Go to WilliamHill.com for their special U.S. Open odds boosts. Welcome back to Be Right, presented by William Hill. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Hennessy, Christopher Powers. Man, it's a big week. We got the U.S. Open, the 2021 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. We are all fired up. We're trying to get one of our uh, colleagues to hop on here. We'll see if it happens or not. Joel Beal is out there. Time difference, everything else, it's it's tough. But uh, anyway, we've got plenty to talk about uh, for sure. And, and I want to start first, Steve, with uh, Congaree because, man, it, it lived up to the hype, wouldn't you say? I mean, it, it seemed like uh, the players enjoyed it. it, it I, I saw fans talking about it on Twitter how interesting it looked. Um, you know, the leaderboard wasn't good, but that's because the field wasn't good. Um, you know, it, but it ended up producing some uh, – Pretty, pretty good stuff. What did you think about Congaree's debut? Yeah, you know, it, it played very tough on, on Sunday, which, you know, was interesting. I thought under the pressure, obviously, we saw Chesson Hadley struggle. We saw Dustin Johnson really struggle Sunday. Yeah. So it tested the, the world's best in a great way. Um, as I thought, I thought it would produce a lot of randomness. So I was, that was like the only thing I was right about last week. Yeah. Uh, my picks were not great, which is hilarious since, uh, you know, I thought I had the, the insider. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some inside track. Um, but yeah, no, you know, just as everyone has said on TV, it, it looked great and, and it is, uh, you know, a great test. So we'll see if it could get another tournament, um, you know, obviously the Canadian Open should be back next year, but he has a lot of fun. I, you know, feel bad for Chesson Hadley, the way he choked that away. That was tough to watch, you know, tough to to get it done when you haven't done it in a long time. But uh, great for Garrick Higo. I mean, you know, in his second PGA Tour start to to get the win. I mean, I know it was kind of gifted to him, but that was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And um, first, I do want to say Chesson Hadley, he had missed nine of 11 cuts. He'd fallen to 330th in the world. So this was still a big week for him, a nice finish. T2, he's, he's now into the top 125 of the FedEx Cup. We know how important that is. Uh, so, you know, good job. He tweeted afterwards. He got some Bojangles on the ride home. So at least he's got some more change to uh, help that uh, that addiction that he has. But anyway, it was a good week for him. You're right, though. Garrett Higgo, because it's funny, we see these guys win in Europe. And against really weak fields and not, I mean, this was a weak PGA tour field, but we kind of wonder, all right, what's going on here. But this guy just turned 22. Um, he's a left-hander CP. I mean, we got to be impressed. He's gone. I think it's like T4 win T8 win. Um, he had a T64 at the PGA championship. That was his, that was his PGA tour debut playing in a major. Uh, and then he wins his, his first regular PGA tour event. So, this is a guy we got to uh, look out for. He's, he's in the field again this week at the U.S. Open. Yeah, three of his last five starts. That's uh, pretty that's undeniable, especially when you add in the PGA Tour win. And he seemed to be the only guy that kind of uh, kept it together at the end. I mean, he didn't, like, go crazy with birdies, but, you know, he made uh, some clutch pars. I think that made that one insane par save on 17, maybe, Steve, when he was um, in trouble off the tee, then kind of had to lay up into the woods and, and then uh, knocked it on. Maybe he made bogey, but he didn't, you know, he didn't make a mess of it. But yeah, he kind of really hung in there and and was rewarded with a, a true choke off down the stretch. That was Ooh. something Steve would be proud of me. I, I had um, 
I bet Hudson Swaff, or I know I said I wasn't betting that that, that was a <laughs> old face lie. As we knew. I bet Hudson, yeah. Yeah. I bet Hudson Swafford, um, when he was like one back, he was like 40 to one on DraftKings. And I bet Doc at a hundred to one, he was like two under through three and um um kind of had it going and they almost got into like a seven way playoff. So I had a legitimate chance at the end there, but that would have been an all time choke off. If, if there was a playoff at 10 under, that would have been uh, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah. Great course. Great, uh, great week for Higo. I'm not ready to hop on him. I think I see him at 50 to one at William Hill. That's pretty insane. I know he's probably 70, 80 other places, but uh, uh great player, great future, but I'm, I won't be betting him this week. Yeah. Um, before we get into the U.S. Open, Steve, I know we had s- some other great comments this week, including <laughs> uh, listener comments, including someone did an update. They'd criticized my mic. I now have the new mic. I'm showing it right now. Actually, when I did the kickoff, I, I had it on the floors. But anyway, and they said the mic sounds great. Well done. So we like these comments. Um, that's I, de- I think- that's definitely Stevie's burner if he's got the update on the mic. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think though we're, we're going to do another giveaway. I feel like we, we we'll do another one next week because we're getting these comments. We love getting the comments. Please keep subscribing. Please keep leaving comments. But I think that person, because they did a double comment and we listened to them, I think they deserve it. Um, I got to track them down, but uh, well, I'll get my email out here. But anyway, I got something special to give them that I just found Whoa. in my closet. Um, it's a Travis Matthew Corona golf towel. Wow. <laughs> and it's completely new with the tags on. I, I got a shirt. Actually, I thought I might be wearing. I'm such a bum. I got a shirt that came with this and this. I forgot what it was for. It was some sort of giveaway, obviously. But but that will be the uh, the prize we give away. Uh, where, where, where are the comments here? I, I thought I had them. Oh, here it is. Update fixed. Uh, who's this from? Man, why can't I read this? Great podcast. Up, uh, Mike needed a fix. Update, it's fixed. You got Fiji Robe, I think is the Fiji Robe. That's comment. it. All right, yeah. so Fiji Robe, congrats. Um, email, email me, uh, Alex. I can throw in uh, Discovery. I can throw in this New York City parking ticket. I got. <laughs> oh my goodness! Really? What happened there? You were in the yeah city? first uh, first time back in the city, going to the Mets oh. game. All oh, right. Um, just didn't. Didn't put any money in the meter, so if if he wow. wants that too, he can have it. Wow, that's tough. Man. I got two parking tickets too last week. So uh, what? Big, what is going on here? Big big week, and in the suburbs. We need to hit. Ridiculous. Oh my god, that's that's the word. We need to hit a bet this week. I don't know how you do yeah. that. That's that's brutal. I <laughs> I don't go anywhere. The I don't go anywhere to even get a parking ticket. So, <laughs> I guess that's the way to go. Um, all right, let's move on to the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Obviously, Steve, let's talk a little about the course here. Um, we're all familiar with Torrey Pines, of course. It ho- it, you know, it's the site of the Farmers Insurance Open every year. Um, and, and, you know, both courses are used there, north and south. The north gets its one day in the sun when everybody kind of goes low, although that's I know that's gotten a little different the past few years. But anyway, the south is hosting a U.S. Open for the first time since 2008. We all remember, of course, Tiger Woods, the broken leg heroic everything else um what what should we expect this week steve i mean it's not a course that plays easy during the regular event but will it be even more beefed up for a major championship 
Yeah, I think it will be. Um, so, you know, just over 7,600 yards, 7,652, and it's a par 71. So, um, you know, they converted one of the par fives into a par four. So they'll, they'll only be three par fives. You know, the big range to look at is, uh, you know, when I look on Fantasy National, you could isolate certain hole ranges. And there are about eight holes from 450 to 500 yards as a par four. So I, I definitely weighted that range heavily um, when I did my fantasy national scoring model this week. Um, and then, you know, par threes there, there are two that are pretty much the same yardage, 220 yards, give or take. And then there's a couple of just bomb par fives, obviously uh, everyone knows the 18th hole that that's only 568 yards. Um, but there are two others that are over 600 yards. So, um, you know, the biggest thing and the difference from the farmers to the U S open will be the rough. I mean, people are going to get so tired of hearing about the rough. We were tired of it. You know, Xander Shoffley posted something, I think right. last, last Wednesday and powers did a post and we were like, oh, do we really want to do a post about this? Like, it's such a cliche, the U S open rough people dropping the ball into the rough and it disappears. But um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be very tick, very tick about four inches, probably more in places. Um, but the interesting thing, I think what we learned from the U S open last year at Wingfoot is like, you know, at U S open, it's the rough that, that the USGA talks about, but what that actually does is it doesn't necessarily put a premium on hitting the fairway. It gives an advantage to the, the longer hitters. Cause as we saw with Bryson, like if he has a pitching wedge out of the rough compared to, you know, a short knocker with a six iron or seven iron, like give me Bryson in the rough with a pitching wedge instead of Brandon Todd, who's number one on fairways game, you know, with the six iron, cause these guys aren't going to hit all these fairways, you know, the, the fairway widths have been tightened so much they're narrow. Um, so I think that's kind of like a big storyline. I think this week for me is, um, you know, can the USGA kind of go back to that premium on hitting the fairway that was always part of us open and you know part of winning uh its championship was can you put a test on these guys hitting fairways so um I, but for me i don't think that'll necessarily be the case i'm targeting guys who bomb it out there and then who hit their approaches tight i think it's it's a second shot golf course tory pines so um that's kind of what i'm looking at but we should ask, we, we have a special guest joining oh, us. Hey, we got happens. Joel Beal live from Torrey Pines. JB, I was just, you know, pretending to know what it's like out there, but you're, you're actually there. You, you've, I think, been walking around. Um, is the rough as thick as we've seen? Is that, uh, is that accurate, all these pictures that we're seeing? It's, it's uh, something fierce. I've noticed uh, guys in the first four or five holes have been coming up 30, 40 yards short. And then by the fifth or sixth hole, they're just, they're, they're saying the heck with it. They're, they're taking their balls out of the rough. They're not even bothering it. <laughs> to try not to get hurt. Um, a couple guys just mentioned it's, you really came in practice out of it. It's that bad. Wow. So um, yeah, it, it really is that bad. And I think the, the other uh, recurring theme, I think you're going to hear this a lot today in the player interviews. Um, you really can't, there's not much correlation between what happened at the farmer's insurance back in uh, back in January to now, just because it, it's such a different beast that um, anyone trying to make parallels, I think is it's, it's a fool's errand. 
Wow. By the way, kudos, Joel. I mean, it's it's only seven o'clock there. You're already at the media center grinding away. Uh, Israel well, with JB. He yeah, really well, the well. first one there, last person to leave. The guys, an ultimate grinder, lunch pail guy. Lunch pail guy um, would be great in the quarterback room. It was panic because uh, my computer said 9 a.m. and I thought it was late, and it didn't it didn't hit me until I got in the car that it was still on East Coast time. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. Your computer hasn't even woken up yet. You're you're awake, but your computer's not. Is is today uh, Murderer's Row of press conferences, Joel? Twelve in a row. Twelve in a row. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, baby I, uh, let's go <laughs> yeah what's even worse is that somebody in the parking lot just told me that half of anchorman basically was not shot in san diego <laughs> what we, it was very we were waiting in line to uh go to the security checkpoint and i just said hey this is going to sound out there but where's the bridge where baxter got punted off of an anchorman and he <laughs> looked devastated tell me it was actually filmed in long beach so oh. uh, yeah, that's 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 your insider information from those. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Anchorman not filmed in San Diego. So, oh, dang. Yeah, it's like Sorry. finding Sorry. out very bad news, but yeah, it's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real all over again. It is. It. Uh, that's that's brutal. Um, okay, let's jump into the odds. We got our odds up here, courtesy of William Hill. Hey, John Rom, right at the top, and we'll get into this, but this is surprising. He's opened up a huge gap now on these other guys, at least at William Hill. He's plus 900. Um, the next best is Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Brooks Kepka all at plus 1,800. So he is half the odds right now at William Hill of anyone else in the field. That is pretty wild. Then you got Rory McIlroy, Jordan Speed, and Xander Shoffley all at 20 to 1. Uh, CP, I know this isn't your area usually, but just, I mean, I'm surprised by the, by all the love Rama's getting. I know he's coming off that. Basically he won the Memorial in dominant fashion. He obviously had to withdraw before Sunday, but he's never won a major. Um, he's never really had it at the very end of a major, even with a chance to win. I mean, the masters one year, I think he was on 15. He had a chance, but what do you make of this plus 900 pretty wild. It is amazing. And uh, you know, a lot of people think he's going to be world number one soon. So I get the, uh, the favorite hype and the Tory uh, history is obviously there. There's not much correlation um, between the farmers, which he's won and played well at. And, uh, and this week he plays these hard, long, thick, rough course as well. Um, what was that at Olympia fields last year? Um, Mirror field. He was obviously running away there. So I understand that, but this kind of brings me to Justin Thomas this week. Um, I'm not going to try and tell you he's coming in under the radar. He's number two in the world. But I think that the pressure is elsewhere. It's on Rom as the favorite coming off, you know, leading by six at Muirfield. It's on Xander, who everybody's on. I don't want to hear any Xander Shoffley dark horse picks this week. He's one of the five or six favorites. He's got the home game angle. DJ's world number one, you know, he doesn't really feel pressure, but uh, world number one, that's still, there's still a pressure that comes with that. Rory always has pressure until he wins another major, hasn't done it in seven years or whatever. So I think that it's kind of, and Spieth, of course, who's on this comeback tour. So I think Thomas is kind of, pressure's kind of off him right now. And uh, I just feel like it's a good spot for him, especially at 22 to one. He's one of these guys that when he gets over 20, uh, I think I bet him over 20 at the players and, he obviously won that. So I just, 
got a good feeling about JT this week, even if uh, the driving's a little erratic and the putter has been so bad, but he's actually good on POA. So uh, I don't know. Good spot for JT, in my opinion. Steve, what any of those guys jumping out? I mean, of course, CP had to go below the guys that I named, but um, <laughs> go, go ahead. Well, I, I mentioned all, all six of the favorites, you know, yeah, rationalizing yeah. why I'm picking Thomas. Good, yeah. good way to good way to mention everybody in your in your uh that's true soliloquy too. there so nice. you, can say you mentioned them all yeah, that's that's <laughs> um i mean i can't believe the one guy you didn't mention is brooks kepka a the guy you always bet b yep. the major hunter and yep. he's at 18 to 1 and you know almost double the odds of john rum and has four majors two u.s opens um the ball striking was actually there last week at congaree so you know, I love the fact that he missed the cut, actually love the chance, the fact he flew to Tory early. So um, I, it's going to be hard not to bet Brooks at 18 to one. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it before the number goes lower. I'm shocked it hasn't yet. Um, so I'm on Kepka. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with Xander CP. It's just like it's so tough to do it, especially his odds are even lower at some books. Yep. Um, so I'm not there, but I am on Patrick Cantlay. Uh, about 25 to one on William Hill. I think that's a great number. And you talk about JT coming in under the radar CP. I think Canley is, even though he won the Memorial, I know some people want to say it's an asterisk, but uh, to me, it's the approach play has been unbelievable. The, the last two tournaments, you know, he's gained about 16 strokes on approach. That's just insane. Better than anyone else in the world. Um and he's got enough distance to do it. You know, I really think you got to have a ton of distance this week and hit your second shots close. And Cantlay, I think, does that as a combination as good as anyone um, right now. So I'm on Cantlay at 25 to 1. JB, I wonder uh, out of the top range here um, where you go, you know, do you think Rom is rightfully the favorite because of his history at Tory, Or like you said, you know, kind of throw out the farmers or do you look at one of the other top guys? I think Ron is the one you have to look at, not necessarily with his Tory past, but just how well he's been playing, um, especially since it does seem like it was a, uh, whatever, <clears throat> whatever he tested positive for, he, he seems over it. Um, he looked definitely spry yesterday. It was, it was very odd. He's usually a guy who keeps about himself um, during, during tournament week. And, um, maybe it was because of what happened at Memorial, but guys were really coming up to him. Everyone seemed genuinely happy that he was here and, uh, playing. So it, it was, a, it was a happier genre than we're, we're used mm. to seeing. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, um, no, th this rough, I, I kind of look at what happened last year at Wakefoot where it definitely favored the bombers just because it was so hard to hit the fairway. And, uh, because, because this week, um, you're going to see very similar, like the fairways are about the same width as they are during the farmers, but because it's a lot drier out and they're going to roll out, everybody's going to be missing fairways. So I think when you look at accuracy, you kind of got to throw that out and uh, CP going to you. I think Justin Thomas is a guy who really just had one bad round at wing foot last year. Um, other than that, he was, you know, he was, he was right there and it, it was, a, it was a very far T8, but it was still a T8 and he, he's someone I think is going to break through. I think Rom with his power, when he does find the rough, we'll be able to manage it better than most. I think another guy is uh, Louis Oosthuizen, you know, someone who always just seems to play well in the, in the tougher conditions. And uh, I think you are going to see something around even or two under win this tournament. And if that's the case, I think Oosthuizen is someone that's going to rise to the top. All right. See, now CP opens the door and now Joel just goes down the board. We'll get to Louis Oosthuizen, Joel. But thank, but thank you. Joel, I do want to ask you, 
Xander Shoffley specifically because, you know, he's replaced you as my swing coach as well. Um, so was, I know that was a big blow blow to you. Um, sorry, I've had to move on. But, you know, no, I mean, this is the, the hometown kid, uh, you know, went to San Diego State, obviously, from the area. And, you know, he's talked about the pressure of this event. So now you throw in the fact that it's a home event and it's a major. I know he finished runner up here uh, back in January, but he actually, that was with no fans. And he actually kind of hinted at the no fans and that, you know, he didn't have as much pressure with all the family and friends that have to come and he has to watch out for them. What do you think about that? Is that something we should factor in or not? I mean, you know, it's, there's definitely going to be fans here and there's definitely going to be, you know, his family and friends are probably going to be out there watching him this week. Well, first, let's get to the you dumping me as your swing coach because <laughs> it, it wasn't my contention wasn't that it happened. I get it. He's, he's Xander. Uh, but yeah. I found out through Slack that was it was like an NBA <laughs> player finding out he's been traded through Twitter. And uh, <laughs> that's what hurt the most. But um, with, with Xander this week, it's it's very odd. Uh, you know, everyone's going to be looking at Phil, given what happened at the PGA and with his hometown ties. Xander's really the guy, though, who has the pressure because coming off not only this great three-year stretch of how he's performed in the majors, but now they're slowly becoming this narrative of, okay, these nice finishes when you're kind of coming out, they're looked at as this guy's on the rise. I think he's starting to hit that precipice of, okay, why can't this guy finish and throw in the San Diego ties? There's a lot of pressure for him to really get it done this week. And it's, I think that's a lot to put on someone who, you know, it, it, just playing in front of your hometown at fans it is enough. Don't throw a U.S. Open on it. So it's weird. I, as much as his game, I think, suits his course, essentially because he's got no weak spots, I think this actually plays better into his hands than maybe a normal PGA Tour venue where it's just everyone needs to go as low as possible. Um, I do just wonder if there's maybe too much on his shoulders heading in. That's the only thing that really scares me. Not that he – I mean, he definitely has the makeup and fortitude to get past that but I just think that's that's a lot to throw on him so that yeah. I'm actually a little I'm a little scared of Xander this week in, ter- in terms of betting um it's again it's he, he looks cool and confident but I just I just feel like we're throwing a lot on him this week yeah I, I agree by the way I yeah the, the slack notification was rough but you you did you've had some lower back things like I do and so you've sent me some stretches so I'll, you're my strength and conditioning coach now instead of my swing coach so there uh-huh. I'll give you a, a job on some level that sounds so like it, a slight demotion maybe, maybe slight a <laughs> little a little bit of a pay cut too um, but Xander I do want to say too the, the whole arm lock switching thing recently was weird too because he's one of the best putters on tour and he's trying to like look for another edge now again if you can find an edge I mean Bryson was one of the longer hitters and he got an edge by becoming the longest guy but i don't know to me it just seemed a little little off and and especially this close to this uh event i mean you, you got, he he's he's emerged as my my uh my new favorite player but uh i don't know if i can can uh back him this week at, at those low odds and with with everything going on all right let's i guess that would that would be the only reason to think xander could could pull it off because you do nothing but front runners you're, you're a lebron guy you're a russell wilson guy so <laughs> you're on myers's radar you must be a really good dude so and a good player i should say first of oh. all all right fine you're, you're right it's hey great. he admitted I mean, it he admitted I mean, it well, I mean, admitted it. russell wilson i was on since college and he was a, he was the 75th pick in the draft so not a lot of people were russell wilson guys and as i've shown clearly in the last two weeks my clear clear allegiance is a lie Align with Chris Paul. Yes. And he is my man. Who you've been rooting for for like 20 years. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 
CP3, let's go. <laughs> and and if um, you believe Chris Paul, you know he's kind of a rough and tumble. That's right. You know, that's guy right. Guy that was not you know not highly sought after, just that, a McDonald's All American and all that. that was, you know, that was a little the number much. three I, pick I, in the I, NBA I, draft. You know, who would have thought? That was a little much. I will say though, the fact that he did play JV basketball for a couple of years is kind of wild. I, I mean, could relate to that. Good. And he's also, I mean, having stood next to him, I mean, he's 5'10", max, and he gets it done. So I call him the little goat. He's the little goat. Keep chugging along, little goat. You got some time off now with these other series all tied two to two. That's great. Um, Okay, moving on. Let's get into the next level, guys. We've mentioned some of them. Justin Thomas, 22 to 1. Colin Morikawa, 22 to 1. Uh, Patrick Cantley, 25. You know, Steve, I love Cantley. I was on him at the PGA, but I hate that I got him at 45 to one at the PGA. He's now sliced to 25. I think 25 is probably the fair price, but Mm -hmm. it's just tough to, to see that, that, uh, you know, difference there. Uh, Victor Hovland, 25 to one Patrick Reed, 25, Patrick Reed, getting some respect, 25 to one, uh, Tony Finau, 28 to one. And then your defending masters champ, uh, reigning Masters champ Hideki Matsuyama plus three thousand. Um, you know, there's plenty of other guys right below that, but is there anybody in that range, Steve? I'll let you start. That that's jumping out at you. Well, um, Pat, other than Patrick Cantlay, obviously. yeah, obviously, really like Cantlay, and you know, I think he was forty-five to one at the PGA because he was playing so poorly coming yeah. into it. So now yeah. he's got the form. Um, I think a lot of people are on Hovland this week because he had the runner-up at Tory at the Farmers. Um, I'm not quite there at 25 to one, you know, I love Hovland. I'd be rooting for him if he gets it done. Um, but 25 to one is tough. I mean, you got Hideki, the master's champion, you know, at higher odds. So, um, I, you know, it, it's a lot to ask a whatever 23 year old, 24 year old to win a major. Um, so, you know, do I think he contends probably to win? I think is tough. Um, read a ton of respect. I think you could find him at a much better number elsewhere um i'm not quite there yet i i I do think you need a little more distance here uh than reed has he's you know about below average in terms of driving distance in this field he's 86 uh in the past 24 rounds fantasy national so i'm not there i mean talk about distance tony finau but i'm not going to be roped in um I'll let others, uh, I'll be rooting for him if he gets it done. So I'm not really on anyone other than Cantlay in this range. Uh, What about you, CP? Yeah, um, we're uh, aligned here. I'm only on Cantlay in this range as well. And I unfortunately suckered myself into parlaying it with the Nets to win the series (laughs) the other night. So that's the only piece I have on Cantlay. I do think the Nets will... uh, I do think Durant will kind of take over this this next game, and then if they can get Harden back, I, I just thought it was a nice a nice price considering they were probably a huge favorite after two zero. So Canley and the Nets is my my little parlay, and then JT. Other, but like, like you said, I don't really love anyone else. Fino, I mean, I got Canley over Fino in a matchup. We're gonna have our picks coming out. You know, Canley's a guy who's actually shown that he can win, whereas Fino, not to not to dagger him, he has not and. Fino's been putting really poorly and on any other week, I would say maybe it could flip, but not on a U.S. Open week on bumpy Poa greens. And um, so just Cantley for me in this range, Reed, normally you would think Reed would be 33 to one. It's usually yep. permanent. He's usually permanently 33 to one yeah. yep. and uh, kind of getting the respect probably because he won at Tory. And like Joel, we've already mentioned, Joel said uh, there's not much correlation between 
um, whatever that tournament was in now. So not on Reed, even though um, I do like the way he grinds, but uh, just don't remember. Sorry, CB, not to cut you off. One thing with Reed, it, um, uh, those, those numbers caught my eye as well, because not only with how he played in, in January here, but I mean, his worst finish, I think, in the last what's eight majors is like a T17 um, really hasn't contended at most of those. Right. Um, I think he was what leader after, after 36 at, at Wingfoot, but he's been nipping. So it, it does seem. I would, I would feel great. Top 20, go for it. Top oh, yeah. 30. He's gonna, you know, he's going to grind his way to the weekend and, and maybe shoot a low round on the weekend and in, in there in the morning or something. So I, I would feel great about that, but yeah, not, not to win for me. I think one thing that could favor Reed is a lot of guys have been, at least their caddies have been talking about how the nuance has been opened up with this course when, when it gets firm, they, they kind of mentioned it's so wet come January that it really does. It's, it's kind of a plotting experience. It's, you know, try to find the fairway, just throw it up on the green and it's six where here you're going to see a lot of guys running off. And as we know, Reed's just a, a short game savant. So uh, if, if it really comes down to that, I think he's a guy that could emerge come Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. There won't be double, Double plugs, you know, ball bounce, and then in the ground this week. <laughs> yeah, won't have to worry about that situation. Hopefully, um, all right. So let's get to the next range. Uh, Tiro Hatton, fresh off that wedding CP, he was late because of the drive. By the way, my driver never showed up to pick us up either. We had to Uber to my wedding. Tomorrow. I mean, it was insane. But I, was, <laughs> I wasn't with my wife though; she would have been panicking. But yeah, it was, oh my it was lord, wild. we had to get two Ubers for my whole grooms crew to get in there luckily it was like a five minute drive but i don't know what is up with they that they had uber back then are you sure about that? <laughs> ah, yeah jeez <laughs> i'd never used it then at the point you're right joel someone had to get on that for me um all right wills alatoris our our podcast friend 3500 paul casey plus 4000 webb simpson plus 4000 shane lowry same justin rose same daniel Berger, scotty Scheffler. these are all 40 to 1 guys then you get to louis ustazen who joel already mentioned 45 to 1 that's still pretty, I mean, for, for as many times as he's in the hunt and you can still get him over 40 to one, it's, it's not bad. And then Matthew Fitzpatrick, we know he likes tough courses, uh, plus 5,000. Garrick Higgos, fresh off the win, plus 5,000. Cameron Smith, plus 5,000. Phil Mickelson, plus 5,000, the reigning PGA champ and the hometown kid. And then Tommy Fleetwood and our boy Abe Answer at plus 55 and then plus 6,000. So that's a big meaty chunk there. Joel already mentioned Louis Ustase and CP. Is this where you kind of start making your moves with some of these other guys? Yeah, I do have one guy I really love in this range. I've seen some, some solid love for him uh, out of some other folks we respect in the Scotty Scheffler at 45 to one. And I know I just said Tony Finau has shown kind of the inability to close and Scheffler would also fall in that category, you know, uber talented and uh, kind of shies away at the end, like we saw at Memorial, but you know, some guys save their big breakthrough breakthrough for a big week like this. So I, I like Scheffler bad history at Tory um, doesn't help either, but um, I don't know. He's building quite the major resume already. He's got four straight top twenties um, in the majors and he did miss the U S open last year because of COVID. So I would imagine he's been, he'll be pretty motivated to, uh, you know, add to his major resume here. Um, the thing that sold me, and I've heard a lot about it this week, our guy Chris Murphy uh, from, I forget where he works, maybe the Action Network, yeah. um, already got more Twitter followers than me after he had like 400 
to start like now he's got like 2000 it's unbelievable um it's not too hard to do to surpass <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah i guess not uh but he's been pumping up this total driving stat which he did mention i mean it weighs accuracy and length obviously driving distance and it can um weigh weigh one of them a little heavier than the other but that's not the case for scheffler he's 35th in distance and 41st in accuracy so i like the kind of consistency there long and somewhat straight, I think is going to play well this week. So, um, Scheffler ranks first in total driving. Um, so I really like him this week. Yeah. Scheffler is interesting. His name came to mind, but on his, his approach play, he's 49th in this field, the last 24 rounds fantasy national on approach. Um, he's going to have to have, you know, a very good week above his average to, uh, to really contend. I, I do think, you know, he's got the talent, uh, to scare it, I think maybe a first round leader might be the play with with Scotty. He tends to to pop up. Um, so I'm not going to talk anyone out of Scheffler. I'm a fan of his. I think JB has a great point with Oosthuizen. You know, he always gets for, forgotten about in these major weeks. Uh, take him top ten, obviously. Uh, that, that's that's the winning bet. And then you know, if you want to uh, root for him outright, go for it. I think Shane Lowry too is is kind of getting forgotten about you know, obviously, uh, open champion, but he's playing so good right now. Um, he's ranks 13th in strokes gain approach the last 24. And you don't think of him as being overly long, but he's 40th in this field in uh driving distance. So, you know, that, that definitely ain't short and he's sixth in this field in that crucial par four scoring range that I mentioned 450 to 500 yards. Um, so I think Larry could play, well enough um out of the rough with his good approach play and you know his short game is always good um and he avoids bogeys well so i think larry's another good top 10 play and you know if you want to sweat it out he's 40 to 1 here at william hill i think you could get him elsewhere um other than that i'm kind of saving my bullets for the next range but jb i'm wondering about phil because obviously he's i'm sure been the talk out there um you know, early in the week. And, you know, our guy, Todd Leonard had a great story on, on Phil um, that posted yesterday about Phil doing a little reconnaissance mission at a Tory. What do you kind of make of him, you know, trying to put in the effort uh, here at Tory to relearn the greens and, um, you know, obviously he's looking for that elusive U S open. Do you, do you kind of, you know, look at him as one of the guys to beat or was the PGA just kind of like the moment that, you know, is going to define the end of his career. And, you know, this is just too much to ask here. Yeah. I, I, I mostly lean that way. Maybe I, I tempted it a little bit in the sense that I think a lot of people until a couple of weeks ago looked at this as just possibly a victory lap for Phil and, you know, rightfully so. Um, especially how bad he played last year at Linkfoot. Um, just th this is as, you mentioned Todd Leonard did an excellent piece of his Phil's love and hate relationship with this course since the renovations. He really hasn't played well over the last 15 years or so. Um, but over, at, you know, Phil mentioned this yesterday, he really had to relearn the course. Um, and he has spent the past two weeks of the better part really spent, really just kind of hanging around the greens, figure out where to miss, where, what greens, what's, what's, what greens are doing what. Um, and he definitely has this focus of, hey, I'm not just, a ceremonial player for this as much as it is. And he's kind of already distanced himself from that storyline of, yeah, it's great to 
it's great to be back, but you know, this wasn't a course I necessarily played up growing as a kid. And you can tell it's, it's very business-like. Um, I think people were expecting a more gregarious Phil yesterday. And he, I mean, he's, he's here to try to win it. And that was, that was made very clear. Um, but again, just where at, at uh, excuse me, where at Kiwa, he can kind of be a little wild and get away with it. And it was a course that, you know, requires a little bit more patience. This is just, it's kind of a young man's golf course, right? You have to hit it long, not only hit it long, but you're, you're going to have to deal with getting hitting in the roughing, hitting in there often. And I just don't think that plays well um, to anyone over you know, over 40. So that, that that's kind of my hesitation with him is that it just might wear him down a bit. That's all. Yeah, that, I think that's a great point about, you know, not being, being able to get away with the, the wild drives as much, but he drove it great at Kiowa. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's a lot to ask of him to, repeat that um I'll, I'll just get into the next group and jb if you have to actually go you know do your job at any point you could yeah because we're hearing about, yeah, the bryson brooks thing is not going to happen apparently bryson uh has turned it down jb so uh you might have to get on that but uh, real quick let's talk about that though what yeah i know we've been people have been on both sides so what's your take do you want this to happen naturally or do you think this is something that should have been paired for first two rounds together I think they should have been paired for sure. I mean, you, you ride a hot story like this. And I think if Bryson's actually being, I I get the whole, I think Brooksy took it a little Brooksy took it a little too far with the, the given beer to the hecklers. I think that was a little much, but, and Bryson obviously got a little hurt over that, but if Bryson's going to go out there and say, Hey, it's good for my PIP, my PIP. Well then play with the guy. Don't decline the, again, this is according to Brad Faxon right now, who's been wrong on some other things. Uh, but if, if, the, if he really did decline it and he is, you know, he, he loves the attention. He, if he really wants to get golf, the headlines and everything else, they should play together. We all know nothing's going to happen. They're going to shake hands. They're not going to talk to each other the whole day. There's it, not even a guarantee that either of them will play well or, or anything like that, but they should play together. I'm disappointed. They won't be. What do you guys think? I, mean, I, would, I, lo- I would love to see it. Yeah. I'd love to see it happen naturally. I think, um, Saturday or Sunday. I think that'd be great. Obviously, we'd all love to see it these first two rounds. But if it does happen naturally, I think it'll be even uh, kind of even crazier if it just happens that way. I think Bryson dipped his toe in this and quickly realized he wanted no part of it. That's kind of my takeaway. Exactly. Yep. I agree. You know, it's like when you finally you finally fire back at the bully and the bully just comes back like 10 times harder and you're like, (laughs) I should have just shut up. They could run away. Yeah. I mean. It's exactly. same thing with you guys. It would have been amazing. Like it would have brought an eyeballs to the sport that, you know, even the casual sports fan who might not really care about Thursday at the U S open, they might've tuned in and, yep. you know, it's just the USGA probably also didn't want to create a distraction. So, you know, facts, it might be right that Bryson declined it, but I'm not so sure that the USGA was fully on board with doing it either. And yeah, it, it's a little, it's definitely disappointing, but, um, you know, like CP said, maybe we'll get it on Saturday and, you know, that would be even better. So that, that would, that would definitely be even better. And, uh, but we'll see. Prime time. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. In prime time as well. Um, all right. So let's get to head out. Thanks yeah. for me on. Oh, yeah. Have a great week out there. That was Joel Beal checking in from the media center at Tory Pines. All right, guys, let's wrap up with some long shots, some DFS plays, um, uh, Steve, I'll let you uh, take it from here. 
Yeah, I, I think this is a great range. There's a, a couple names um, that I like sub or above uh, 50 to one. So I think the first guy for me is Jason Kokrak. He's 60 to one at William Hill. Like I said, you need distance and, you know, good iron play. Kokrak's had both of them. He's eighth in this field driving distance, 18th in strokes gain approach the last 24 rounds. Uh, so he's elite off the tee and he's been elite on his approaches. And, you know, we saw that. Uh, and his win in Texas, and he's avoiding bogeys. He's third in bogey avoidance. Um, he does pretty much everything well. And strokes gained putting on uh, West Coast POA specifically, uh, even in that stat, he's 32nd. Um, and that weighs, you know, some longer term putting stats. He, he's improved his putting more recently, but, um, you know, he, he's good on POA. So 60 to one, I, I like Kokrak a lot. He's 7,600 on DraftKings this week. I, you know, I think he could definitely contend. So consider him there. Um, Gary Woodland is a name that a lot of people are on. And I think rightfully so, you know, we know that he, he likes putting on POA. Um, that's for sure. But more than that, he's just playing much better, uh, the past month or so missed the cut at Memorial but we saw that he went to work with Butch Harmon after that. And Butch put on Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw that, you know, watch out for Gary at the U S open, obviously, you know, mm. people, his co his coach is going to say that, but um, I truly think Woodland, you know, is back to his peak form. He's gained on approach in four straight weeks. He had not done that uh, since early 2020. So um, I think Woodland at 66 to one is a great number. And I think Joaquin Neiman, the last guy I'll mention uh, at 60 to one is interesting because he's, he's gained so much distance. He's now in that elite category, seventh in driving distance in this field. Um, the approach play 39th, but, you know, we brought up Olympia fields before back last year, you know, another really tough course with some thick rough and Neiman really popped there. So um, you know, I think that elite distance is going to give him a chance. And at this number, um, it would be a lot for Neiman to get a major this early in his career, but you know, he's found the winner's circle uh, a couple times before. So, um, I, I think that number is decent. GP, love Neiman, don't have it yet. I've seen the woodland hype, I, I might buy into that. I, I do agree on, on everything you said, obviously. Was right. I was on him at uh, Kiowa, um, and he was right there. Um, I've seen a little Adam Scott hype. I'll probably stay away from that. I'm actually leaning with Max Homa at 80 to one at William Hill. He's 100 to one. A couple other places. I know this is a tough sell because he has made seven starts in majors and he's missed the cut six times. And the only time he's made the weekend, he finished, I believe, T69. But uh, no better time than now to kind of fix that for Homa. He's got a sixth recently at Memorial, another sixth place finish recently at Valspar, two hard golf courses. He's got his two wins at two extremely hard golf courses, Wells Fargo, Riviera. Um, it should theoretically be a great place for him. And he's had back-to-back -to -back top 18 finishes at the Farmers um, after starting his career with three straight missed cuts. Good California guy. Um, he's a good poa putter. I mean, you know, I like an each way bet on him, or if you can get that top 10, I am betting him out right too. Just got a good feeling about Homa this week to kind of finally maybe pop in a major, which he has, has yet to do, obviously. And then I've got an old Bubba Watson bet, which has actually gotten worse by the day. I bet at 80 to one, I believe. <laughs> I bet at 80 to one, I believe That's on my worst. honeymoon when we did that, uh, 
I think it was tour championship week and we were talking about futures bets and I, uh, I said Bubba for the U S open and you both kind of laughed it off. And that yes. proved to be pretty prophetic. Cause I believe he's like one twenty to one now. And I bet him at 80 to one thinking I was getting a great number. He does have a win at Tory, um, terrible U S open player. So looking back, not my best futures bet, but I do have it. So if he pops, I will be pumping that up considerably. I am throwing the Matthew Wolf dart. I know a lot of people probably will. <clears throat> we haven't seen him in a while. God knows what he's going to look like. But again, theoretically, there should be a great course for Matthew Wolf. Obviously, looked like he could run away at Wingfoot and um, kind of struggled on Sunday. I also did throw a dart on Westy's last last oh, send, triple last, <laughs> and because his number has drifted back to where. It was yeah, when we were we were originally getting it at Westy's original five last stands, but uh, so I'll bet it here. I probably will bet it at St. George's too. Um, and remember, finish second here in uh, or third, yep. I guess, yep. in, in two thousand eight with one of the worst putts to try and get into a playoff ever. Meek, missed it about meekest the meekest <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Just the story of his career missing its short side yeah. to uh, to win or get into a playoff at a major but I'm going to keep betting on it. And uh, a little bit of Jimmy Walker love this week. I think it's a good DraftKings play. Probably if, if yeah. you're searching at the bottom, I think he found something at um, Memorial and has some great history at Torrey, albeit, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And I think Patrick Rogers is a good DraftKings play. I know I'll laugh it up. I'm not betting him to win. I think he's a good DraftKings play because he's a good poet putter. He's the best poet putter in the field. Yeah. Good history at Torrey, good player on hard courses. And then just one last guy I've, I've seen down at 6,700 is Eric Van Royen, who Steve was on first round leader last week, not to bring up any bad memories because he got clipped by, was it Wes Roach? Wes Roach. Yeah, <laughs> popped by Papa Roach is uh, never that was absolutely never brutal. position you want to be in. But he ended up finishing 10th at Palmetto. He's made consecutive cuts to the Open. He seems like a big game hunter. To me, Eric Van Rooyen, 6,700. I think that's a great guy to round your uh, DraftKings lineups out with this week. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my riff. I don't think we mentioned uh, Wilco Ninavar, who's now the, the, the longest dude. He's 200 to one coming off that T14 at Palmetto. Just just throwing it out there. Uh, I and I wanted to give a shout out to my man Dave Couplin, uh, who I uh, you know invested in. He finally qualified for his first us open i invested in him for three years made a few bucks off him he finally had uh i think it was a t3 at a european tour event then he qualified for the open he's at 500 to one so again you know not betting on any of these guys but uh, like you said I, we might we might have to bet on the potential future met goat cam young i think we got to sprinkle oh, on him at least yeah yeah what's where is he at let's see didn't he make he's the probably cut at wingfoot wasn't he in the field that's a good good question I remember that i remember him, he, was, he missed the cut at pebble a few years ago i remember that because i was following mm. him around i mean he's in the u.s open here he's he is he, he's gonna be tour obviously next year yeah. yeah uh yeah he he's plus 250 uh so yeah i mean you know a little met play i know we were all disappointed our, our other met boy uh mike miller uh, i tell uh, you i i dm'd him on instagram and then he promptly Shuts 78. Oh, on the- no, no. <laughs> I said, this is your week. And he responded and then oh, fell bro. apart. <laughs> so you mushed him. Yeah. Uh, you, I'll take wow. it. the old Kai. Yeah. The blame there. 
Cam Young doesn't have a, Wik- a Wikipedia page yet. He's we got to get on that. I mean, Jesus, yeah. kind of be a, I have to create DJ's that. Stud. <laughs> it took me to some basketball player instead. Um, all right. Anyway, guys, that was fun. Any final thoughts or we good? No. Yeah, we're uh, we're pumped to to get this out, out there. Uh, CP and I have a nice tea time to make at a, a Jersey. Uh, yeah, there yeah. it is. Some legendary multitasking at, going on during the I should say a multi-time U.S. Open track. Yep. Doing our, our research, you know. Yeah. So, Hopefully, so, someday maybe the Open will come back. Now that Gil Hans has put yeah. his magical fingers on it, maybe oh, it's now you gave it away. All right, it's Paul, Paul wrong. <laughs> you got to learn how to say Gil Hans' Baltus. name if you're. You know, Gilly Hansy. Gilly Hansy. You're gonna play Baltasar all the time. <laughs> oh, girl Hans. Like he ain't German. He's American. Hans. Goat. Goat Hans. Uh, Hans and Franz. Yeah, there you go. Very good. And again, Fiji robe or whatever. Please reach out to me. I got your uh, your beautiful towel here. <laughs> keep the comments coming, guys. Please keep the uh, keep subscribing as well. Keep listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks again to uh, Joel for hopping on here. Thanks to Liam Byrne our producer uh and we'll we'll see you next week after a big us open week later